Well, we are nearing the end of our Christmas prequel, the story before the story. And for the last three weeks, we've been stalking the angel Gabriel as he flits about Jerusalem and Galilee, stirring up trouble. First, he promised a child to Zechariah and Elizabeth, two folks long past childbearing years. As you recall, Zechariah expressed skepticism, and Gabriel muzzled him for nine months. Then the angel took a road trip out to the country, all the way out to Nazareth to find Mary, promising her a child as well. We'll hear more about that child in one week. For now, we turn back to Zechariah and Elizabeth. Elizabeth's nine months are complete, and Zechariah has been silent this whole time. All he could do was sit quietly during the birthing classes. He didn't get a say in decorating the nursery, not a peep from him during the gender reveal party. Finally, the day arrives, and the baby is born. Elizabeth says he is to be called John. That's what the angel Gabriel said to call him. Remember, this is the person we will come to know as John the Baptist. But friends and family grumbled about that name. You know how people can be. And so they went to Zechariah for his opinion. And he takes out a slip of paper and writes on it, his name is John. And in that moment... It's like Zechariah has finally embraced what the angel promised nine months earlier. And it's like a, like a dam bursting and suddenly nine months worth of words, nine months of wonder and awe and praise and joy, nine months of astonishment just comes pouring out of his mouth. And everyone is amazed. Can you remember the last time you were amazed? You know, today is the second Sunday, excuse me, the third Sunday of Advent, and traditionally that's the day that we focus on joy. But joy can be a bit of a reach sometimes. You can't just choose to be joyful. But I do wonder if amazement can be a gateway to joy. If joy feels out of reach, maybe we can start small. We can allow ourselves to notice and to take in the amazing wonders of the day, wonders we too easily ignore, the rain that is nurturing the ground as we speak, the warmth of your morning coffee, the carefully crafted bird's nest in your favorite tree, the, the faltering steps of a toddler as they discover the confidence to walk, the beams of sunlight refracting through your windows. Being amazed means paying attention and then saying yes to wonder when it peeks into our lives. Amazement is a balm for the weary. It awakens us when we feel, feel numb. It renews our senses which have been dulled. And sometimes amazement turns to joy. Christmas is really the prime season for amazement. I remember my daughter coming home from school one day. Santa had visited them, and she told me she had seen Santa with her eyes open, which suggests that some other kids did not have their eyes open when they saw Santa, because Santa can be kind of scary, wonderful and jolly, yes, but a little unsettling too. Santa leaves kids amazed. 
And so does the Christmas story. I can still remember sitting in the living room as a kid as Christmas drew near. The Christmas tree was in there. And you know, there are two kinds of Christmas trees, right? There are the classy Christmas trees, the works of art, where the tree is perfectly symmetrical and the lights are all evenly spaced and color coordinated and the the ornaments are all on theme and meticulously placed around the tree, right? There's that kind of Christmas tree. And then there's the other kind of tree where the tree is a little misshapen and it has the big bulbs with the multicolored lights and tinsel tossed around randomly and the ornaments are a mixed bag of doves and bells and stars and dogs and mangers and things that belong to your grandmother and various ornaments made by the kids out of cardboard and construction paper and popsicle sticks and plaster. We had that second kind of tree. And on top of it was this big light bulb with a, with a plastic cylinder around it and a mechanism that allowed the cylinder to turn. Does anyone have any idea what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen this before? Okay, I see a few nods. The cylinder had various scenes and images from the Christmas story on it. And so the heat from the bulb would rise and it would cause the cylinder to turn. And as it turned, the light would shine through the cylinder, causing the images, the Christmas scenes, to project out into the room and move along the walls. Now, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I sat in that room for countless hours and I watched the scenes drift along the walls and it was like I was inside of some kind of otherworldly story. I didn't know what it all meant, but, but I knew it was magical. And as Christmas drew nearer, I could feel the mystery, the strangeness, the wonder, the amazement rising up within me. But that was a long time ago. And we get older and we close our eyes more and more. We get better at understandably controlling the world and we get better at ignoring mysteries and wonders shutting them in pre-labeled boxes, shielding ourselves from amazement. I love these lines from Billy Collins. It's from a poem called On Turning Ten. You tell me it is too early to be looking back, but that is because you have forgotten the perfect simplicity of being one and the beautiful complexity introduced by two. But I can lie on my bed and remember every digit. At four, I was an Arabian wizard. I could make myself invisible by drinking a glass of milk a certain way. At seven, I was a soldier. At nine, a prince. But now, I'm mostly at the window, watching the late afternoon light. This is the beginning of sadness, I say to myself as I walk through the universe in my sneakers. It is time to say goodbye to my imaginary friends, time to turn the first big number. It seems only yesterday I used to believe there was nothing under my skin but light. If you cut me, I would shine. But now, when I fall upon the sidewalks of life, I skin my knees, I bleed. We all fall upon the sidewalks of life. Life beats us up and wears us down. And so maybe as a defense mechanism, we close ourselves off to wonder. We do not allow ourselves to be amazed anymore. Advent is a season of waiting, of course, and that's 
That's good. It's good to practice waiting because so much of life is waiting, waiting for the alarm to go off, waiting for the water to heat up, waiting for the email, waiting for class to be over, waiting for work to be done, waiting in line at the grocery store, waiting for dinner, waiting to go to bed, waiting for this sermon to be over, waiting for the phone call, waiting for them to text you back waiting for the conductor's baton to fall at the concert, waiting to see the face you love, waiting to be that better version of yourself you're always just on the edge of becoming, waiting to feel that thrill of hope again, waiting for life to make sense, waiting to stop waiting. We do lots of waiting in life, and it's good to learn how to do it well. And my family would say, I still have a long way to go there. But there are some things that can't wait. Hope can't wait. Love can't wait. And amazement can't wait either. Because time will run out. The hour gets late. And we all put it off by saying, one of these days, one of these days I'll quit working so hard and spend time with my family. One of these days I'll learn to appreciate all the, all the trees and birds in my backyard. One of these days I'm going to start writing again. One of these days I'm going to volunteer. One of these days I'm going to take a risk. One of these days I'm going to allow myself to be amazed. One of these days. And then before we know it, there are no more days. And we never got to the good stuff. We waited and waited and waited, but some things can't wait. Our world seems weary sometimes, and our lives can seem weary too. Our hopes become stale and flat. We hardly seem to believe that newness is possible anymore, just endless recycling of the same old stuff. And so we gather together and tell this story year after year, how in the bleak midwinter at the coldest and darkest time of year, when the light of hope had nearly been extinguished, a child was born to us, a son was given to us, something new happened, and hope was rekindled. Buried beneath all the ornaments and all the presents is the promise that love and life can be born again. And maybe it all starts with being amazed. Listen to these words from Frederick Buechner. In Christ's name, I commend this madness and this fantastic hope that the future belongs to God no less than the past, that in some way we cannot imagine holiness will return to our world. I know of no time when the world has been riper for its return, when the dark has been hungrier. Thy kingdom come. Maybe the very madness of our hoping will give him the crazy golden wings he needs to come. Friends, Advent is almost done. Christmas is coming. So keep your eyes open for wonder. Love a little beyond reason. Make yourself ready for joy. Be amazed. Thanks be to God. Amen.